change, right? I happen to like change, all right? Because without change, life stops, right? You need change. So we kind of let it sit there until March came and then bam, right? Incredible. Who would have ever imagined all of th that has happened over the last nine months? Now, did I say nine months? Yes, I did. Just enough time in a pregnancy to reach the point where transition brings forth life. So here's what transition means. It is the process or a period of changing from one state or condition to another. Changing from one state or condition to another. Now here's the thing, the birthing mother feels the effects of transition, and I still have a transition memory of Martha when she had Katrina, because we had a home birth. It was like bizarre, really bizarre, <laughs> right? So she feels all of that uh, in her body, responds in a multitude of ways to the activity of transition, physically, hormonally, emotionally, and psychologically. Right? But it is the baby that is transitioning from the wonderful world of the womb, which none of us remember consciously, to the air-breathing, blinding light, louder than I've ever known, outside world, where the outside features of the mother become as nurturing as the inside. The warmth of her skin, the gentleness of her touch, softness and assurance of her voice, and the tenderness of her kiss. Life transitions to life. And it's loud, and it's painful, and it's messy, right? And yet, oh, so awesome. So much so that nothing can compare to its lifelong impact on all involved. And of course, once the transition is over, the focus is mainly on the baby, the life produced. And Jesus connects his union with us as well as our union with the Father at this level of impact. So listen to these verses and see if you can detect the transitional elements revealed in them in John 16, 21 through 28. Jesus is speaking. He says, when a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being has been born into the world. Now, this on my paper is bold, underlined, and highlighted in yellow. You can't see that, but I'm letting you know because it's important. So also... You have sorrow now. Do we have a lot of sorrow? There's been a lot of sorrow this year, right? So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. And your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. Now, why would he say that? No one will take your joy from you. Because there's somebody who wants to steal your joy and is actively doing that. Right? 
in that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. I've said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father, and I have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. You see all that transition? A lot of transition in there. So as I said, in natural birth, the primary focus is the baby, the new life about to be revealed. But we, I think, have been in a divine time of transition, heading to the birthing of something new spiritually. And it has impacted us physically, emotionally, psychologically, and probably in ways that we don't even realize yet. It has been confusing and chaotic, sometimes loud and messy, and has exposed some of the worst of who we are as humans while at the same time allowing us to demonstrate the best that we can be as humans. We have been exposed to our own weaknesses, prejudices, fears, and self-preserving tendencies, and often vented our opinions in anger and sometimes even rage. In a sense, we have been exposed, laid bare, and perhaps discovered that as modern-day culturally Western church Christians, with all of our right or left-leaning political, religious points of view, that we do, in fact, look to other humans, men or women of fame, power, or position, for the solutions to our problems rather than to Jesus for his saving grace. President Donald Trump is not America's savior. A great president as far as policy goes, but less so in personal relationship skills. So what might God be trying to birth in us, and how do we discover and nurture that when we are caught in the whirlwind of transition ourselves? I think the first thing for us to realize and embrace as a truth for us as individuals and as a community of believers is this. God is actively at work all the time, even when we don't know it. He's moving, right? To bring about his divine plan of redemption for humanity, not just the church, for humanity. And he wants us to know what he is doing. He wants us actively involved in what he is doing, and he will prosper us when we are faithful doing what he is doing with him. If you want the wide-angle lens view of God's ways of functioning in conjunction with those who love him and follow his ways, then let's look through the eyes and words of the prophet Isaiah. 
Here are a few things to keep in focus as we move out of transition and into newness of life in Christ. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I'm asking you that as a question. Do you not perceive it? Do you have any sense that change is happening again? Right? Because that's how he operates. Right? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The Apostle Paul understood this functional dynamic and practiced it earnestly in the outworking of his calling in ministry. Listen to Philippians 3.13. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do. Now, Paul had done so much. You know, he had a, a really big selection of the one thing that he does that he could have chosen to put out there and it would have probably applied, right? But this is the one thing that he does that he chose to reveal to us. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, forgetting what lies behind. Now, when I, when I say that, forgetting what lies behind, what lies behind in your life? Right? What are the things that lie behind in your life that still have a grip, still holding you by the back of your collar, keeping you from moving forward, that you can't let go of because they won't let go of you? Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward. See, it's not easy. You don't just step out straining forward. It takes work. It takes uh, intentionality. It takes energy. It takes gusto. It takes a determination that comes not from here, but from the heart and from the soul and from the spirit. Straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I've been throwing this scripture out all during this pandemic thing, you know. Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you. Listen, if you're not looking up, if you're not looking to him, if you're looking for some, you know, $600 check or, or something to happen from the government or some political person is going to take over and everything's going to be all right, you know, you're going to be floundering for years. You want the answer to your dilemma? Look up, your redemption draws nigh. For the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Isaiah 42, 6 through 8. I am the Lord. I have called you. I am the Lord, I have called you in righteousness. I don't know what your opinion of yourself is today. I don't know what's reaching up from the past, trying to convince you that you're something other than righteous in Jesus Christ. But today's the day to leave it behind. 
Today's the day to be done with it because God himself says, I am the Lord. I am the Lord, and I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name, my glory I give to no other, for my praise to be uh, carved, nor my praise to carved idols. I love the imagery in this verse of the father taking the hand of his child for companionship, for guidance, for stability, and more than that, to accomplish a kingdom purpose, bringing the light of his love into the darkness of human despair. Then he goes on to say in the next verse, Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. There's a, there's a consistent theme here. God wants you to know what he's doing. He wants you informed and he wants you involved. Now listen to the opening verse of the book of Revelation, Revelation 1, 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him. Why? Why did God give him this revelation? To show to his servants the things that must soon take place. Listen, it isn't just Old Testament, it's New Testament. God wants us aware of his purposes, of his plans, of his activities, and he wants us involved. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written, for the time is near. Hear. Shema in Hebrew means to hear and to do. Blessed are those who hear. And it isn't enough to just hear it with your ears. You have to hear it with your heart so that you are compelled to take action based on what you hear. I often use the analogy of a, a mother who says to a teenage son, you know, go in there and clean that room. It's a mess. It's just a mess. You know, she goes in there four hours later, and it's still a mess. And she says, didn't you hear me? Right? That is Shema. God is probably just as exasperated with us sometimes. Didn't you hear me? What are you doing? Everything's still a mess. So Isaiah goes on to tell us what to do when God is doing a new thing. And I love this because of what Pastor Eric said last week about pressing into worship in the upcoming year. So Isaiah says when God declares a new thing, we are to, I wish we had the drummer here because I'd ask for a drum roll. Drum roll, please. Isaiah 42.10, sing to the Lord a new song. God is going to do a new thing. He asked you to do a new thing. Sing a new song. His praise from the end of the earth, you who go down to the sea and all that fills it, the coastlands, their inhabitants, 
Let the desert and its cities lift up their voice. The villages of Kedar and Habits, let the inhabitants of Salah sing for joy. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the coastland. The Lord goes out like a mighty man, like a man of war. He stirs up his zeal. He cries out. He shouts aloud. He shows himself mighty against his foes. Didn't you hear me? Didn't you hear me? The Lord is about to do a new thing. Sing to the Lord a new song. Lift up your voices in praise. Are you not listening? Are you not hearing? Shema, church, Shema. The Lord is about to do a new thing. Sing a new song to the Lord. Lift up your voice in praise. Make a declaration in the dry places of your life. Declare praises unto the Lord because he is good and his mercy endures forever. Salvation is his garment. Righteousness is his scepter. And he's coming soon. He's going to do a new thing. Sing to the Lord a new song. I'm not moving on from this place until you start to sing to the Lord a new song. Begin to declare praises unto the Lord. Show his magnificent by the sound of your voice. Make a declaration today. Our God reigns. He is glorious in his presence. His, his love endures forever. His mercies overwhelm his judgment. His ways are new every morning, and yet he is unchangeable. And he's coming. He's coming soon to do a new thing in the church. And for those who have an ear to hear, let them utter with the voice a new song unto the Lord so that you are found doing what he's doing. That's the whole purpose of the new song. You got to do what he's doing if you want to be found where he is found. Sing to the Lord a new song. You are worthy, O oh God. Hila maya sila la di andi amaya sila la dai. Hila maya som bararari anadostu turba. Hila la landararai si. I will lift up my voice to him. I will praise him from my heart. My spirit rejoices in him. He is glorious, magnificent. Oh, he's so good, and his mercies endure forever. Who is like our God, who is like the Lord? There's none like him, no other. Give him praise, give him praise. Say his name, Jesus. He is holy. He is holy. Nicely done. Took a little coaxing, but nicely done. <laughs> Let him who has an ear to hear. Now put yourself in this moment, in this discussion we've had, and have unpacked 
as it relates to us, and now see how it relates to God in the next verse in Isaiah 42, 14. For a long time I have held my peace. Doesn't it feel like that this past year? Like, God, what are you doing? Where have you been? Really? For a long time I've held my peace. I've kept still and restrained myself. And now another one of those bold, underlined, yellow, highlighted, now, now, I will cry out like a woman in labor. I will gasp and pant. Transition, God is about to bring forth life. And I just love this statement by the prophet Amos in Amos 3, 7. For the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants the prophets. He's going to let us know. He's going to let you know. You know, you don't have to be caught unaware. You just have to be tuned in in the right direction. And if, you know, the 6 o'clock news is your tuning in, sorry. <laughs> wrong antenna, guys. Wrong antenna, right? So I want to reflect back to the statement of Jesus that we read earlier in uh, John 16, 22. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. Last week I opened the service with an observation and an admonition before I prayed. The observation was that the powers of hell are hard at work to rob us of our joy. Why? Why is joy so important? Because as Nehemiah states in Nehemiah 8.10, do not be grieved. Do not be grieved. Don't get heavied out, right? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. That is why the enemy is trying to rob you of joy. In other words, as you lose your joy, you lose your strength your ability to war in the spirit, to fight the good fight, to overcome the schemes of the enemy. And we become victims of the circumstances of the cultural shift towards darkness that is happening around us. Church, we have not been called to darkness or despair, nor to be enslaved to the deceptive plots and plans of the evil one. A few statements from Paul just to clarify who you really are. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You are a victorious people. You already have the victory of the thing that you think is conquering you. In Christ. That's why you have to look up. Romans eight thirty seven. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors, more than conquerors through him who loved us. Listen, Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave. He put it all on display in heaven. He led them like a chain of captives before the throne of his father. There isn't anything that hasn't been defeated by him. He is Lord of all. 
including your circumstances. But it doesn't nullify your free will. Doesn't nullify the choices that we make. Second Timothy 1, 6 and 7. For this re reason, I remind you to fan the flame of the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, not of fear. If you have fear, it's not of God, but of power and love and self-control. You see, we are not of this world. We are of the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is the polar opposite of the kingdoms of this world. Romans 14, 17 says this, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace, and listen to this one, joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy in the Holy Spirit. If you have lost your joy, you have lost connection with the kingdom of God. Prophetically, I believe that God is awakening the church, that the call has gone out, behold, the bridegroom is coming. Make yourself ready. Make yourself ready. Listen, don't look to me. I'm not the guy to get you ready. I can't do it. I have a hard enough time working with this one. Okay? Okay. Make yourself ready, Matthew 25, 6. I believe that the first step in this process is the release of the captives and the recovery of joy that we lost. We need the oil of the Holy Spirit if we are to be lamps lighting the darkness. But first, we must trim the wicks. What? Can we just throw a light switch? <laughs> Got to trim the wicks, like think that through. It makes no sense to me, right? So I looked it up. How do you trim a wick? I mean, I didn't even know how to do that, right? So how do you trim an oil lamp? To get the most light from an oil lamp, trim the wick. <laughs> Pretty simple. A pointed wick burns the brightest and gives the brightest light in an oil lamp. Steps to light the oil lamp. Remove the chimney from the lamp to expose the wick. Now, there's a whole sermon there. You have a visual of, a, of the oil lamp. You know, you've got to lift that glass protective area, right? That enclosure, that hardness that that flame is burning inside of to expose that wick, right? Turn the regulating wheel to adjust the wick's height. You've got to make some adjustments. Now here it is, cut the charred top of the wick off. So here's my question. What has charred the wick of your spirit? What has charred the wick of your spirit? Secret sin? Self-condemnation? Shame? Depression? What is the inner dialogue of your soul and who is speaking into it? Do you feel encouraged or despair? 
Do you have a sense of purpose or do you feel lost and confused by all the chaos that is happening? Is Jesus the only voice guiding your thoughts and actions or are there other voices intruding in? Here is where we start. By cutting off the blackened, charred, sin-stained influence of our souls, we trim our wicks to burn the oil of the Holy Spirit ever brighter. So I feel I have a mandate from the Lord today. We're going to trim some wicks. Only you can lift the protective barrier to expose the wick. I can't do that. I'm going to begin, I'm going to pray and invite the Holy Spirit in, then I'm going to begin to minister deliverance ministry in this room. And if you're stuck in any of what I've talked about today, and you're going to lift that protective covering that's hiding your spirit and allowing the enemy to continue to blacken your life. But if you'll lift it up, if you'll say to the Lord, listen, I'm exposing my soul and my spirit to you. I'm asking you to come and trim all of the charred remains off of my wick so that I can burn clean and hot for your kingdom. You can stand, you can kneel, you can get on your face on the floor. It doesn't matter to, to me at all. I'm just going to start speaking this stuff out. And, you know, as you are moved by the Holy Spirit, just be obedient. Hear and do. If he tells you to come up here and pray, if he tells you to get some ministry, some hands-on ministry, if he tells you to go to someone and repent, whatever he tells you to do, do it so that you can leave stuff behind today and not bring it into this afternoon. Because he's doing a new thing, it's time to sing a new song, and I don't want to carry luggage into his promises for tomorrow. I want to leave it here. So I say, come, Holy Spirit. Would you come? Would you come? By your word today, by your word today, God, all that the prophets spoke, all that Jesus accomplished, all that the Father promised to us. We're looking for a new thing. And Lord, we've begun to look at the interior life of our lives. Lord, the flame that burns inside us. Lord, some the flame has gone out completely. There's just a dark, black, charred wick. But Lord, you even promise in Isaiah that a smoldering wick you will not extinguish. Lord, you are the great redeemer. So we ask you to come, Holy Spirit. Lord, as we lift the covering over those places, oh God, where, where these issues abide, we want to bear our souls, as it were, to you, oh God, and ask you to do surgery today, to cut away the charred places of our wick. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is King of kings and Lord of lords, who rules and reigns 
over every dominion and every domain, every power and every principality, in heaven above, on earth beneath, and even in hell. By the authority of his name, I bind every spirit of deception, of lying, lying spirits, despair, depression, shame, all accusing spirits, all spirits of darkness, uh, spirits of manipulation, spirits of infirmity. I speak to spirits of infirmity, all spirits of darkness and helplessness, hopelessness. I speak to those things. I bind them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I ask you, Holy Spirit, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and bring light into any darkness right now. In any life in this room, wherever there is darkness in secret places, oh God, wherever sin is hidden, would you shine the light of the love of Jesus Christ? Would you drive out any demonic influences right now? I bind those spirits of darkness. I command them to leave right now. You exit this place right now. You set God's people free. You release them right now. If, if you're just getting a revelation of something uh, that you've been holding on to, I just encourage you to repent of it right now. Tell the Lord Jesus, Lord, I release this uh, to your redemptive uh, love over my life. I surrender right now to you, and I ask you to set me free. Set me free, Lord God. Set me free from the thing that has me captive, O oh God, the thing that hinders my walk, O oh God, the thing that keeps me from being all that you have called me to do. To be, oh God, the thing that keeps you at arm length from my heart, oh God. I want no obstruction between you and me, oh God. I want to be free to run into your arms, to walk hand in hand with you, oh God. And so I bind these spirits of darkness right now in the name of Jesus. All spirits of deception, all accusing spirits go right now in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no more access to the minds of God's children. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come as, as a spirit of renewal to renew the minds of those who have been under the bondage of thought warfare, O oh God. Lord, that they are creating scenarios in their own mind about how other people perceive them or think about them, O oh God, or hold them at a distance. They think they have no worth or no value. They're in bondage to shame. I say be released today in Jesus' name. Be released from shame right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to ask you to do something uh, brave. It's kind of the far end of the here in Shema, here and do. If God is dealing with something in you, I want you to stand up. I want you to just stand up, and I want you to take the posture. Just release. Just, just open up your arms. Just up high, up high. There you go. There you go. That's nice. All right. Lord, I give this to you. I surrender the thing that you've shown to me, and I release it to you. I reject, oh God, any darkness that has tried to gain control of me. I spurn the fear. Fear, get away from God's people. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to bless each one, each one in this room, as they surrender, oh God, some portion of their inner being, that you would fill that place with more of Jesus, fill that place with the power of the Holy Spirit, fill that place with, with gifting, 
with calling, with purpose, O oh God, and with a vision for the future that we would not be bogged down by the past, O oh God, but we would press through today towards the high calling of Jesus Christ for the glory of God and for the well-being of souls. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. May his countenance shine brightly upon you. Go in peace. You're dismissed.